Oh, Barker, it's snowing outside. People are forgetting how to drive. Oh, I love this time of year. Uh, lots of uh, lots of baseball gifts. Lots of baseball gifts. Lots of teams finding stuff under the tree yeah. right now. Big checks. Big checks. It is Blair. It is Barker. This is Tuesday. Baseball is still open for business until midnight Wednesday, where we believe there will be a lockdown. What's the latest you can go before? Because you have to get physicals. It's like the Robbie Ray thing, going to Seattle. Yeah. You had to get it done like two days before the 12 o'clock thing. How, how much, you know, how quickly do you have to do it? Well, like, what would be the cutoff time e, that's, for a big-time player to get physical, meet the team, all those things? I mean, that that's a really good question. I know Jeff Passan has said that he, he thought most of the big deals that were going to get done mm-hmm. would have to be done by yesterday. Now, you know, look, the, uh, these guys can... These guys can walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm I'm sure there is. I'm sure where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. I guess a lot of it, frankly, would depend on. I mean, how much how much medical due diligence do you need to do, right? In a lot of cases, I've got to think teams have 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 already sort of done their done their thing on these guys. But I I don't know if there's an actual. You know, if you don't get a contract in by this time to the commissioner's office, you you can't do it. I presume eleven fifty nine. Yeah, I, I presume eleven fifty nine is the deadline. And now there is, and we should throw this out there. There is a chance. There is a slim chance that enough progress gets made today and tomorrow when the sides are meeting in Arlington. There's a slim chance that enough progress gets made that maybe. Baseball, when I say baseball, I'm talking about the owners and the association, agree to not extend the agreement, but agree to allow business to continue under terms of the current agreement. Nobody's acting like that. I mean, nobody's acting like that right now that that's even a, that's even yeah, a possibility. Yeah, you're only keeping the doors open for a certain amount of people, yeah. which just doesn't make sense. And, and i got to tell you this. If there is no agreement by 11.59 – then lock the game down and come to an agreement. I would rather the game get locked down at 11.59 on December 1st and then stuff gets done in, by the middle of January than this song and dance goes into spring training. I, I would rather, if, if it's going to happen, get it done, mm-hmm. shut it down, come to an agreement, and nothing I've been, I'm reading Nothing I've been told, and admittedly, I haven't spent a great deal of time talking to people about this because I'm not getting an, any indication that anybody thinks this thing is going to result in games no, being lost. You don't think so? I'm, no, I, did, I just don't. Yeah. Nobody. I went back and looked at a, an interview I did with uh, Rob Manfred in 2019. I'm writing something about this on sportsnet.ca, and, and I understand stuff changes. You know, that was before a pandemic, and Rob Manfred works for the owners, but he was pretty clear that... He does not want to go down the road baseball went down in 94 where it took like a 25% revenue hit coming out of the strike. Yeah. Especially after what we saw with the pandemic. And and further to that, if you hear the things Rob Manfred said at the owners meeting, Rob Manfred basically said at the owners meeting, look, if we have a lockdown to get an agreement, 
doesn't have an impact on the Own, season. Owners are not losing money. That's, owners that's, aren't losing that's money. That's what it's all players about. Players aren't losing. Players aren't getting paid yeah. yet. Players aren't getting paid. The real deadline, I think, the real the, the the deadline where you start to sweat if you're a baseball fan is probably February 1st. If nothing's done by then, now you're about two weeks away from spring training. But I don't even want to we'll, – we'll, we got plenty of time. we got plenty of time to deal with that. we got to talk about the continued – Free agent frenzy in baseball, Javier Baez, according to John Paul Morosi and several other reporters, uh, has signed or agreed to, agreed to terms with the Detroit Tigers. I would presume that would take the Tigers out of the Carlos Correa market. Who knows, though? If you had told me that the Texas Rangers were going to spend half a billion dollars on two middle infielders, yeah. I would... So who knows what's going to happen in this market? I think that's a bet by you when Al Avila, the, the, the GM for the Tigers, said that they're taking a measured approach... That would tell you that they're, you know, you're, you, you want to spend, but you don't want to go mm-hmm. on that deep end of that 300 million mark. And of course, for Blue Jays fans, the biggest story out of yesterday, something we, we, we thought would happen. Robbie Ray has uh, agreed to a five-year, $115 million contract with the Seattle Mariners, which means that the Jays will lose both of their big free agents, Robbie Ray and Marcus Semien, in addition, of course, to to Stephen Matz. Kevin, I think going into this, we thought there was a chance that the Jays would sign one of those two. A chance. Once it became obvious to the Jays that Robbie Ray was entertaining other options, I think they pivoted very quickly and signed Kevin Gossman. Now, I'm told that the contract Kevin Gossman signed, <clears throat> pardon me, and I think Shai's reported this as well, that was basically the offer to Robbie Ray. So what the Jays said, the Jays have been aggressive, but the Jays have also been smart. They said, here's the contract we're going to offer. Here are, the, here are the parameters. Here's the contract we're going to offer to our, quote-unquote, big free agent pitching sign. Mm-hmm. It's going to be 5 and one ten. And they stuck to it. It was good enough to get Kevin Gossman signed. wasn't good enough to get Robbie Ray signed. Now, there are a couple of factors at work here. Uh, well, for, before we talk about that, now that Ray is gone, now that Stemming is gone, now that Matz is gone, now that Gossman is here, and we do anticipate that the Jays are going to make some moves before the season starts. Doesn't, doesn't mean they have to make it today, tomorrow, or at 11.58. But we anticipate that there will be at least another bullpen arm mm-hmm. there will be more starting pitching i don't pretend to know the quality of it but there will be more depth. starting pitching there'll be some depth mm-hmm. and we still think there will be a bat added to the the lineup because the jays have been very clear that they want to address the, the balance in their lineup or lack of balance and they want to address they, they they want to make their lineup a little more complicated to pitch to so we know all that is out there give me your sense right now though robbie ray is gone Marcus Semyon is gone. Are you surprised at either of these moves? Who who will be the hardest, in your opinion, the hardest to replace of those two? I, I well, I think forty four homers is is not going to be the easiest thing. You know, Marcus Semyon did a lot during the regular season. You could it's almost a big argue, war to have to replace. You could almost argue defensively things he brought off the field, things he helped Bobachet with. Things he helped Vladimir Guerrero Jr. with. I don't know how many times me and you've been sitting in his, in this room that we're sitting in now, looked up on the TV and saw Vladdy, Bo, and Marcus Simeon on their knees taking ground balls. 
and that's starting with one guy, right? You know it works for him. It's going to work for the other two guys. You set in that routine. The more you do it, the better you're going to be between the lines. I just don't know how you make up for that. Even if you go out and say get a Trevor Story and start moving around people in your infield, can you make up for that? I think you have to make it up by defense. I think you have to pitch better. I think you have to keep the other team from scoring. Maybe that's how you you make it up. And, and you know, f- for me, they at least have to get one more eighth-inning guy. At least Jordan Romano goes down. Who's closing? That, that's the thing. I told you this. What ifs? Well, what if this guy goes down in the bullpen in the highest of leverage situations and you don't want to call up some guy from AAA that nobody's ever heard of when you're trying to make a serious run at this thing? And we know you can lose games in – I don't know, June, that matter, that can cost you a season, which is basically what happened last year. So I I think it's a long-winded answer of I'm I'm not sure how you make up for the 44 homers. Uh, I I think pitching-wise, Pete Walker's going to do enough to to get the guys that are here on the right track to keep them in the game, to give that offense a chance to run into some and and win at least 90 games. So I think that's going to be taken care of. It's just twerking little, you know, making little moves that can help with how they're going to take care of the bullpen and defensive-wise and if you can move people around and what you're going to do in the outfield and what you're going to do with that certain left-handed bat that you might need to bring in and and help out in those situations. But I, it's 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 a good problem to have. I, you know, is it a problem? I, I don't know. But I, I just think that 44-homer thing, I don't know about you, but how do you make up for it? Well, you know, it's it's when, when Vladdy has a little hiccup because he's going to have it, he's young. When Bo has a little hiccup, when maybe George Springer takes a, you know, gets hurt and is not playing for five or six days, then how do they make up for those extra, extra runs that Marcus Simeon's bringing? So that that for me is the one spot that you look at run production. Who's making up for it? Yeah, it goes without saying that's <clears throat> that's a lot of home runs to replace, and even a healthy George Springer is not going to replace all all of that. He's not going to hurt. Not going to hurt. He's going to replace all. He's not going to replace all of that, and. Listen, I still think that by the end of the offseason, you're going to have somebody like Michael Conforto here. Maybe not Michael Conforto, but you're going to have a left-hand hitting outfielder with a little bit of thump. And uh, just a guy who profiles differently than the hitters you you already have here. So it is going to be one of those things where you're not going to, I don't think, make up for Mark for Marcus Semien with one move, unless, of course, you do something like add Jose Ramirez. I think you may look at, something where at the end of the day the Jays are saying, okay, did we add enough depth that perhaps we can make up for as much as we possibly can of what Marcus Simeon gave us and then hope that you know, hope that you get whoever's at third base gives you incremental improvement. Yeah. Hope that a healthy George Springer gives you incremental improvement. And, and we're going to be joined by, uh, by Danny Jansen later on in the hour. Now, maybe Danny Jansen, maybe there's a little uptick in his – in, in his home runs. Maybe Danny Jansen, his Maybe. 22 home runs this year, 23 home runs, you know, becomes the whole Mike Zanino Maybe. thing. I, I mean, there's there, there, there are possibilities. I, I, there. I know Mark Shapiro said in, in a couple of conversations he was having at the end of the season that they don't need to bring those two guys back, but they need to get better. How do you get better? When when a forty four homer second baseman and a Cy Young award winner left, well that's that, that's that's the how do you do that? Like how do you fill in the blanks enough because. Finding light in a bottle where you get a left-handed yeah. pitcher coming in for a one-year, $8 million deal that does but, what Robbie Ray did, that's tough. But, Kevin, let, let's – I would argue they're already better. They're going to have a full season of Jose Barrios. You're not going to have Ross Stripling, Anthony K., Thomas Hatcher, whoever the hell they had pitching in, in, in April. 
You're you're going to have fingers ho- crossed. You're going to have Jose. Well, come on, fingers crossed. If they're Jose Barrios is no, no, uh, I'm not talking about the top end of your rotation, but yeah, but guys I'm, getting starts at the back. But end I'm in, saying, in May I'm saying you're going to have a full year of Barrios. Your bullpen is better. You're not. You're. I mean, you cannot look me in the face and tell me that Simber Richards. Meza, Garcia, Romano, and I'm probably forgetting something, that it's not better than the slop they started last year with. It's not. That's a given. It, it, it's a given. So, again, you have to look at the entire the entire package. I'm not saying they don't need to add another bat. I, clearly, I've, I've been pounding the table for a year that they need to add another bat. And they know bat. that, too. And they know that, too. Exactly. Uh, let's talk about Robbie Ray. A couple of things we need to discuss about Robbie Ray. Five years, $115 million. $5 million more than the Jays offered to uh, Kevin Gossman. Now, there are a couple of factors here. Let's just throw this out on the table because people have been skirting around this. Um, guys who know Robbie Ray and who are on the team say he was not vaccinated. Um... We've talked, and neither was Stephen Matz. We've talked about how this government, the federal government's decision to not allow the waiver for professional athletes might have an impact on players signing here. Because we don't know, I don't know if the, if major, if major, what Major League Baseball considers to be a fully vaxxed person is what the Canadian government considers to be a fully vaxxed person. And I'm told, you know, listen, the, the, again, the Jays can walk and talk at, at the same time. They can chew gum and walk at the same time. And they're, they're monitoring the situation. And, you know, good Lord, they've got enough in the, on the table right now. But the most important thing is, because I thought the Robbie Ray thing might be interesting. I'm told, and again, Robbie Ray has told people this around the team, and I know you speak to people as well, mm-hmm. that the, the vax status had nothing to do with it. I mean, if, he, if you know, he, he wasn't going to look at the, the, a five-year, $150 million. Nah, guys, not I, stand I, in the I'm, not, I'm not going to take five and 150. I'm going to take five and 115 because I don't want to be vaccinated. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm just throwing that out there because it's going to come up. I'm just throwing that out there. there. Everything we're hearing is that there is no indication that that played a role in this. Uh, apparently, and I, God knows I'm not a tax expert, and I have every time I talk about this, I got a guy who emails me who is a tax expert and says, Jeff, don't go down the road of the uh, taxes in Ontario. Screw guys. He said, if you make a lot of money, I can, and Beeson said the same thing. You make a lot of money, we can figure out a way to alleviate your tax burden. As long as you've got a place of residence in a low tax state, Florida, Arizona, et cetera, et cetera, So you're et cetera, saying et a lot of that from pro- players is excuses just to have, excuses. because they don't want to come here. Now, and I was told that was... That was the case here. So I don't know. Uh, but I, the most important thing for me, I think, is that, that you know, at least everything I've been told is the vaccination thing didn't have anything, didn't have anything to, to do with it um, at all. With, uh, and I know the Jays made it. And, and it's weird. The Jays, the Jays made a really competitive offer to Stephen Matt. They made him a good offer. Yeah. And, it sounded like he wanted to go to the National Yeah, League. and I was sitting here thinking, well, if the Jays are really – if they're really pissing themselves over this, the federal government's, if they're really, 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 really concerned about it, I think it's going to be an issue. I can't imagine that they're going to go and offer money to a guy and then have him say, oh, by the way, I can't pitch at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is great. I love your contract. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to pitch at home. Uh-huh. So anyhow, we got that out of the way with Robbie Ray. 
I think a lot of it, too, has to do with the fact that I know Ray lives in Nashville. I think a lot of it has to do with the fact, though, that because he did he did play in Arizona, the Mariners train in Arizona. Right. So further than that, too, I, I think they hadn't talked to the Angels race camp. They wanted to do that. Blue Jays, quite frankly, weren't going to wait around. It, it was we, we have two guys that we want to pick from. If you ain't one of them, which I think they they would like Ray to have been their first choice. I think okay, you're right. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. But I but I'll tell you one thing. I absolutely believe that Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro sat down and said, you know, one thing we can't do, we can't miss on both Robbie Ray and Kevin Gossman. No, like we can't. I think you're right. I think Robbie Ray would have been would have been the preferred choice. Sure, but. You can't wait around for somebody to make a decision. And I give, and I give the Jays credit for this because I, I, I've been saying this all. I don't like teams doing that. It, it's, yeah, everybody wants to be loyal to their guy. And the Jays put a lot of time and effort into Robbie Ray and, and, and all that good stuff. But I can't, if I'm the Blue Jays, end up losing Robbie Ray on my top option. I, I, I've, I've got to have one of them. I absolutely have to have one of them. And I got to get it done early enough. Yeah. Because now I can sit there. We talked about Nate Pearson. I can sit there now and say, okay, this is my starting point. Mm-hmm. I've got Gossman, Barrios, Manoa, and Ryu. Worst case scenario, I've got those four, four That's pitchers. That's a pretty good four. Okay, I can work around that. Sure. It's a hell of a lot different than going into the year and saying, Jesus, we didn't sign Gosman, we didn't sign Ray. Now we've got yeah. Barrios, Manoa, Ryu. Oh, my God. What, how are we going to fill? Now you don't need Nate Pearson to maybe come in and be your fifth star. Now you're kind of hoping Nate Pearson comes in and, and, and becomes a regular part of your rotation. And what this really does to me, and you touched on it yesterday, I think this really opens the possibility of Nate Pearson getting into that swing role. I think this increases Nate Pearson's chances, unless he's traded. Mm-hmm. I think it increases his chances of having a responsible role in this roster next year. I, I just like it because they, they gave Ray a chance to figure out what he wanted to do. He waited too long. They moved on. Like, yeah, okay, this, I'm assuming the conversation, I have no idea. You have no idea. Nobody else has any idea what the conversation was on the phone behind closed doors. But I would assume that the conversation from between pitching coaches and they see what they saw from Robbie Ray and what he can do and what he could do down the road you know, just tweaking and doing little things to make him that much better the second time through the American League East. Okay, we'll, we'll offer you this, but can't wait around. We, we need one of the two, and now I'm with, I'm with you. Now you've moved on. You, you've got your guy. Now you know what you have, the first four guys in your rotation. Now you can move on and maybe trade or maybe mm-hmm. add another eighth inning guy or if you need to trade for a second baseman or whatever the case is that you need to do. Now you can worry about that and put all your efforts into that. Now you don't have to worry about your other four guys or one of your one and two guys. Manoa's not a two yet, and Ryu's not a two. We said this at the end of the season. If Ryu comes into this thing and he's a three or a four, it's, more than a four than a three. It's found money if he's all, a three. You're in a or four. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just me personally. I'd rather have uh, Alec Manoa as your number three than I would Ryu. But it's it's it just makes a ton of sense. And and sometimes, you know, you jump to conclusions when that's not the case. And, and it just, they're here to do something. They're here to win. And they can't be waiting around, and that's they gave Robbie Ray's camp a chance to do what Robbie Ray wanted to do, and yeah, he, he lollygagged. <laughs> that's that's basically it. We will uh, get it, do a little deeper dive into Kevin Gossman, the type of pitcher is with Sean Estes, San Francisco Giants TV analyst, of course, former Major League yeah. pitcher. He will join us, and as I mentioned, Danny Jansen will be along 
will be along as well. And th- this been interesting discussing this discussion with 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 Danny because one of the things that does happen if there is a lockout is there can be no communication between team and players. There, so there's no access to training facilities. Yeah. There's no access to trainers. There's no access to the pitching coach. There's no access to uh, th- there's no access to anything. You, I think you can still pick up the phone and and, and no. talk. Can you talk? No, to, like one player can't talk to another. Oh, player. another player. Yeah, but yeah. you cannot. You cannot talk. You cannot talk to anybody who is with the team. So, uh, so Danny Jansen can't talk to Pete Walker. No, is what you're saying okay. Or if he does, he can't let anybody know about it. Sure. And there's a there's a very. I mean, the fine used to be a quarter of a million dollars for Oof. sort of talking out of turn when it comes to labor. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, so I, it'll be interesting. I wonder if the Jays have. I wonder if they just like spent the last forty eight hours downloading all sorts of stuff into Dan to Danny, you know, sending it to his to his to his laptop. Here, here, this Can, is a guy we may sign. This is a guy we may sign. Kevin Gosman's not easy to catch or not hard to catch. He's a north and south guy. He's not an east and west guy anymore. East and west for me are harder to catch okay. than north and south. He is a fastball up, fastball down with the splitty. It's north and south. So for me, it's more about where you're setting up than it is actually catching the the movement of the fastball and, and sequencing and all those kind of things. But uh, Dan, we know, you know, I know, people around Danny Jansen know that he is a very hard worker when it comes to knowing exactly how a guy throws it and when he wants to throw it. And I'm sure that's what they'll try and get on the same page with. We mentioned Javier Baez is close to signing a six-year, $140 million deal with the Detroit Tigers. We are led to believe, Shai Davidi reported this, other people reported it as well, that the Jays spoke to Javier Baez, that they are also talking to Chris Taylor, who is kind of the super utility guy with the uh, L.A. Dodgers. I mean, these, this is... A, we know the Jays are looking for another impactful bat to play in the infield, so it makes sense that just about any infielder on the market... Probably talked. I bet the Jays made a call to Carlos Correa, and they made a call. I'm not saying they made an offer. I bet they made a call. They made a call to Carlos Correa. Trevor Story's still out there. Uh, you know, Kyle Seager's still out there. There, there, there are a ton of possibilities for that for for third base, for third base or second base, uh, third base or second base for the Blue Jays. Uh, what kind of interested me about Shai's reporting, something you talked about, and I and I admit yesterday just kind of. Whoosh, over the top of my head, mm. but uh, I'd, I'd forgotten that Javier Baez and Jose Barrios were brothers-in-law. They're married to sisters, yeah. and um, so that was, you know, I, 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 there, there was a reason there. They're close together. They can meet up. Yeah, they, they can meet up, but <laughs> they can you know, we, we've talked about Javi Baez. He's, well, I like watching him play, but I don't know if he gives me the type of diversification I need in my in my lineup. Let me ask you a legitimate question. With everything that we talk about, what this team needs, does Javi Baez take no. this team to the ultimate championship level? Like just now that Javi Baez is here, we going and we running, and there's mm. nobody in the American League East can beat us. He's right-handed. He he, he swings and misses a lot. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I I think. I mean, look, he makes you he make you're better with him than than not having him. But six for one forty is a lot. But is does he fit in with the notion of trying to add balance, diversify your lineup? I mean, defensively, he's, he'd hit six for the Blue Jays right now today. Yeah, I he hit behind Lourdes, and right now I would think 
if you're making out a lineup, just with the guys you got now, he's hitting six for you. Yeah. No, uh, I, I mean, I'm with you again. If 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 the Jays had signed him, uh, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit here and say, my God, it's the worst thing ever. But I don't think it necessarily accomplishes yeah. what they need to accomplish. You would still say they still need balance in the lineup. They still need a lefty bat who can drive the ball, stay in the big part of the field. They still need an eighth and ni- or ninth inning guy, at least one more, and they probably need de- more depth at the rotation. Doesn't change any of those. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, so Javier Baez reportedly signing with the Detroit Tigers. We mentioned there's still a lot of names out there. Uh, Trevor Story. Mm. Now, that's an interesting one. Chris Taylor. I don't know what to make of Trevor Story. You're not, I'm a, fan, not, you're not a fan of his, No, I'm, I'm, well, I'm sure as hell not moving Bo off shortstop to get Trevor Story in here. Not a, not a chance in hell. Mm. Not a chance in hell. Mm. I'm not sure about that. I, that. That's something you'd have to really sit down and... Oh. and and think about you're you're talking Ugh. about some pe- a guy that can hit in front of Vladdy, Ugh. behind George, who's one of the most athletic people in baseball. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, that, I guess I, have, I you know listen really listen I, I'm probably yeah I'm I'm probably guilty of just and he'd be sort of reacting. Bias. I'm probably guilty of reacting to what you saw last year. Yeah, and you're a fan of Bo, and you've you've seen how hard no, Bo I just works I don't and, want to move Bo off. I, I just don't want to move Bo off shortstop. Let him, let him, let him play short. I just, I don't want to create. There's stuff this team needs to do to get better without moving guys around from position to position. And I, I just think just let Bo play shortstop. I let him play shortstop. And now if, if Trevor Story wants to move position, Maybe. But uh, okay, Here, here's a yeah. question: you, you, you signed Trevor Story hypothetical tomorrow. You're a better team with Bo playing short, him playing third, than the other way around. With with who you have in your rotation, who are who are a lot ground ball guys to the pull side. You see, you're making sense here. Well, I yeah, stronger arm, more athletic, can cover more ground, accuracy of arm, just everything jumps off the page that. Bo would be a better defensive player at third than he would be at shortstop. Now I'm I'm with you. It would take that special player to move him away from short. But if you're telling me that they signed Trevor Story tonight, for me he's playing short. It makes their team better. It makes the left side of their infield better because of who they have in their rotation, who they may have at the back end of their bullpen, who may not all be swing and miss guys. There are a couple down there. There ain't a ton of them. Most of those guys in your bullpen you, right now are football and play guys. Do you read anything into the fact that the Texas Rangers, and Trevor Story's from that area, do you read anything into the fact that they overpaid, or not, pardon me, they didn't overpay. Do you read anything into the fact that they decided to give Corey Seager that amount of money to go along with the amount of money they were giving Marcus Semyon instead of getting Trevor Story at I, I would what I imagine would be on on a smaller contract. Do you read anything into that? Do you read anything into the fact that all these teams that are looking for for infielders at Trevor Story is still out there? Like we we can leave Carlos Correa aside because Carlos Correa, I think, is there's a whole bunch of stuff going on there with Carlos Correa, and I I'm willing to bet that I'm willing to bet that Carlos Correa and his people really want to get one of the big market teams involved. And I don't think the big market teams are going to get involved until they know what the, they know what the new CBA looks like until they know what the uh, 
what where the luxury tax threshold is going to be. Mm-hmm. That's why I think you're seeing teams like the Phillies and the Yankees kind of you know, tread water right now. But uh, yeah, I don't know about Trevor. I I don't know about Trevor. I have to think. I, I have to think about him. I, I think I think about him. I think the Rangers are think, thinking the exact same thing we're thinking about the Blue Jays lineup. They need balance. They got a lefty playing shortstop. They got a righty and Marcus yeah, Simeon right. playing second base. They're two veteran guys. They know what Corey Seager will give you because yeah. they're this is a championship run now. May not be next year. Probably won't be half of the year after that. But they're going to make a serious run when you spend a half a billion dollars on two guys. You, you're you're trying now. So. I just think they've seen what Corey Seager can look like when it's September and October and, and, you know, little parts of November, and that's what they're looking for. And what better guy to have it? Guy coming from the Dodgers, quarterback of your team. You've got balance now. Clout, when he walks in the room, that's what you're looking for. Of course, the big news yesterday, uh, obviously the Jays making news uh, yesterday as well with their signings and some of the players that did leave here as well. But Max Scherzer's... (laughs) Max Scherzer's contract with the New York Mets, uh, highest annual average value or average annual value in MLB history, forty-three million per season, three little, years, one hundred and thirty million. Little Stephen Matz did that. <laughs> well, and actually, and I've also got a. We also have to add, as as Darren Ravel added, that uh, the, the Washington Nationals are paying Max Scherzer fifteen million bucks over fifty-eight uh, large for the next two years. So he's making fifty. He's making fifty-eight million dollars. If you could argue anybody that I can't believe I'm saying this that deserves that, if there's one guy that you would be okay getting fifty-eight million dollars, I would be mad. You know what I mean? It's it's a it, to me the whole argument's silly because you can very easily make the case that every big name professional athlete is underpaid. If if you just operate under the assumption that again, if we use war. And, and, hey, the owners want to use war as a means of judging uh, of, of judging how good a player is. So why don't we use it? Yeah, it's, if it's, war is, yeah but if war is like $8 million a year, you got a bunch of guys who probably should be paid 35 to $40 million. They're getting 20 to $25 million. It's the same thing. You look at LeBron James. You cannot tell me. I don't care what LeBron James is making. LeBron James is underpaid. He just is. So I, I, don't, I don't get into this whole thing about if, if anybody's worth that much money. I mean, you, he's got that money because... Let's be ownership honest. is willing Let's... to commit. But what, what I find really fascinating about what we've seen so far is remember how we always used to talk about uh, the Jays, how there was a premium to being in Toronto. You had to add an extra year. You had to add more money. I mean, they did it with George Springer. We, we, I mean, we've gone on and on and on about this. Mm-hmm. What I find fascinating about where the Jays are right now is they are so confident this front office and this ownership is so confident with what they have. They're so comfortable in their own skin that it's, it's almost as if it's the Mets and the Texas Rangers that are adding extra years and silly money. Like mm-hmm. the Marcus Simeon seven-year contract, that's something you could have seen the Jays have to do two years ago to get a sure. guy in here. You could send and we'd go, oh, well, you know, you had to give him, everybody else gave him six or whatever. You had yeah. to give him the extra year to get him there. I, the, I, I find that really interesting that, that the Jays, there's this, this different, I mean, it's one thing to go out and say, we're a big market. We're a destination. We like what we have. Players like coming here. It's one thing to say that. And it's another thing to actually see, see the pudding, right? Uh, the proof is in the pudding. We're seeing the pudding here. You, it, I, it's just remarkable. Somebody's covered this team for a long time. 
that you got guys wanting to come here. And that's nothing against the city either, but you got guys wanting to come here now. Yeah, A lot of that has to do weird. With, with the core that they have. But Bo and Vladdy, how much fun they're having. Tay Oscar, you can throw in there. Yep. George Springer, all those guys. It's a destination now. Talk a little more about Max Scherzer when we come back. It's Blair and Barker. This is Sportsnet 590, The Fan. tell you that i went out and got my christmas tree yesterday yeah cut it down uh, you, did you go to a place that you could take your own saw and no hold it down one hand and what are you doing cut that thing down oh that's a, or, <laughs> I was just wondering what that motion was uh you knew what it was yeah no no i uh, uh no i did not cut you down the christmas tree you were bragging about that when I was talking to no, you, no, I wasn't bragging. I was just going to say I was going to uh, go get my. I'm going to go cut tree down. No, I did not say that. No, I, yeah. I said I was just going to go exactly get my. What you there's said. a. By the way, if you haven't got one yet, get your ass out there, because there's a shortage of Christmas trees. Huh. I don't know if they're like I don't know if the elves didn't make them this year or what, but there's a shortage of Christmas trees. Anyhow, I got That's mine. Sad. Got my tree. Well, at least you got yours. Got what size mine. is it? Is it's a, is it's a, an eight footer. What kind is it? It's a balsam fir. It's an eight footer. Is it? Is it? Is it thick? Is it? Can you see through it? Is it? No, it's a good. Like, it's a it, good tree. Like I picked, you were I like, picked yeah, good I like trees. That. Did you pick it? Uh, Shelly picked it. Oh, so you had nothing to do with it? Oh, I carried it into the car. Oh, well, you're acting like you did everything here. Like you went to the store and I even she put stayed my, in the car. I, I, even, I even put my lumberjack shirt on. You know that? My so one sort lumberjack of how you're shirt. dressed now. No, but I figured I wanted to get into the spirit. Ah, so I had the toque and the gloves and the lumberjack oh, yeah. shirt with no fingers. Yeah, the fingerless gloves. Yeah. I don't understand that. That's a, is that for driving? Do you wear gloves driving when it's cold? No. It, it, the fingerless gloves thing. Does make any sense. So half uh, your the hands warm, the other half you know, not. You know where it goes back to? The fingerless glove thing. If you were a newspaper reporter mm. of a certain age, you spent a lot of time typing in colder environments, whether it was at a football game, uh, where, you know, especially a CFL stadium, a football game, where it was cold. There weren't any windows in some place. God, exhibition stadium covering a football game. Guys used to take credit cards to, you know, clean the, uh, to clean the frost off. So it's easy because you can type because the fingers are, are visible. You can type. And it's the same thing for texting. And what it also does, quite frankly, it's easy to roll a spliff in a snowmobile when you have fingerless guns. <laughs> it's true. It is. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah. I'm, t- I'm telling you the truth. Uh. It's like a, it's a Western, it is, it's a Western Canadian. So when you were picking up a Christmas tree last night, you were no, on but your computer? No, I, I just, I just, I like the gloves. Anyhow. I'm just curious. I'm just, look, it's a, it's a, it's a public service announcement that there is a, that there is a supply shortage of Christmas trees. That makes me sad. So get out there. If, if you want a real tree and please, please, if you have kids, get a real tree. Don't, don't do the fake tree thing. Really? You're laughing. You got it. You're a fake tree, don't dude. Don't you worry you? about what I got. You, you're a fake don't tree. Don't you worry about it. Okay. You're a fake tree guy. Just stick the. What, do you, I'm I, a whatever my wife wants. Are, is it one of those That's trees where you open it and they snap into place and everything works, or do you have to at least stick the branches into the 
into the middle of it. Does it require some assembly or is it just you open it and there's the lights and everything? It's just uh, one of those, isn't it? You're something. And the lights are all the same you're color. I bet the lights are white. I don't remember. <laughs> I think you could change the lights. Anyhow. You feel well, I was in a Christmassy I was in a Christmassy mood yeah. yesterday. It was back. Well, you were bragging and beating on your chest about how you were going to go cut down your own tree, and then I call you, and you're like, no, I didn't. I bought the one. It was leaned up against the fence post. Jeff want tree. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'll, uh, I mean, if you, if you want, I'll come over and help you put your tree up. Would you please? Yes. I'd appreciate that. Yeah. It is. It's. Big, I do like decorating the tree. It's the biggest, it's the most important part of Christmas for me is a tree. So you decorate it? Uh, yes, you I do. You decorate yes. it? Yes. I don't hang the lights on it because that's that's the that's the most important. No, part. I put the little balls and stuff on, like the ornaments. Uh, I don't do the lights. Are you kidding? There's electricity involved in that. I'm not gonna, you know, nothing sharp, nothing involving electricity. So the two two ladies in your house are sitting on the couch and they're telling you where to hang the balls. That's what it is yeah. on your tree. Yeah. So tell it like it is. Now listen, I know where to put my balls when I'm decorating a Christmas tree. What? All right, let's move what on. What just happened there? Let's move on. We're going to talk about Max Scherzer. <laughs> Nothing's happened since we've come in the air by then. Nobody apparently has signed. Uh, Javier Baez, that, that agreement happened, kind of happened this morning. Uh, the Jays are still reportedly interested in Chris Taylor. I know uh, John Palmarosi was talking about Chris Bryant. I think Bryant kind of profiles a little differently as to what they need, and I guess he could play third base for right him. Right-handed. I guess. Different type of guy. Well, no, is he the really? Right is he, is a right-handed with a giant uppercut. Yeah, yeah I, I guess. I Look, he's a really good player, but. I guess. Yeah. I'd rather have two lefties. So yeah, some I, form of, of two lefties that can hit the bottom of your order somewhere around the, the fifth, sixth, seventh spot. They need. Who can a, drive in big runs. They need a Michael Brantley type dude. Period. Good luck. Well, well but, there's one of those. I know there is. But that's. That's. <laughs> Well, you're not there, asking for much. There are two. There are two guys that fit this team perfectly. One of them was Michael Brantley. We know they came uh, that close to signing him last year, and the other is Jose Ramirez. So Those yeah, are the two what, guys what, that fit this team perfectly. We talk about we talk about that third baseman from Cleveland a lot. Yeah. What is the chance? Look, legitimate chance that that would ever happen? Well, when we stop talking I, about it, I mean, I will say this. I think. The Guardians' payroll right now is in the 40s. Is in the 40s. And if, as part of the new CBA, a salary floor comes into effect, like, I, I don't know, maybe at, at that point, they, at that point, maybe they, they're at 40 million with, with Jose Ramirez. Yeah. Who are they going to be without him? Well, they're in the worst division in baseball, too. Why would you trade him? I, I don't know. I, I, he's, I know there was a report out there about a month ago that he wants to stay in Cleveland. And and that you know he's whatever whatever happens he's going to go the free agent route. It's like anything else. It's a deal that makes perfect sense. It's made perfect sense for a year and a half, and it hasn't happened. So you so it's not going to happen. I don't know. I just don't know why they'd trade him. They they have no, a, I'd they love have a good chance. to see him in here. Well, well when they, they get Bieber back next year, they got a they got a decent chance of. It's not a very good division, Jeff. Yeah. What the hell's going on here? Are they building something? Oh, <laughs> okay. There's just some. I mean, it sounds like there's some drilling going Somebody's on. Somebody's listening. Went down to cut Christmas trees. Listen to that. How can you not? 
Like, couldn't they wait until we're off the air to do it? I don't think they care. Yeah, probably not. Snowing out. Max Scherzer, you talked about if anybody's going to get fifty-eight million a year, Max Scherzer, <laughs> Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer would be the he's guy. Per, he's a perfect guy for the Mets. I, yeah, I said this to y'all fair about the you know when they they had the raccoon or the rat the rat problem in the in the in the dugout. <laughs> it was a raccoon. The it wasn't a rat. Whatever, wasn't a rat. whatever it was. Oh, it was a yeah. That was, was the a, thing. Well, it was they a rat. said it was a raccoon and whatever they said it was. And the thumbs down. You really think that's going to happen now? No chance. You think Max Scherzer is going to be? I, the... I just think he brings something. The fear. Don't be that way. <laughs> like, you know, sometimes you have to overpay for don't be that way. Are they, and that's what they did a little. Given, hey, he's 37. Like, Given what the Mets have done. Come out dead arm. Given what the Mets have done. Do you like them better than the Braves going into the year? Well, it depends on if the Braves bring back Freddie Freeman, which sounds like the Dodgers are, <laughs> oh, yeah, you want to take away Seager from us? We'll put Turner at short. We'll move Muncie to second. We'll bring in that guy that just won a World Series that plays first base for the Braves because the Braves don't want to give him six years. You get Freddie Freeman oh, Freddie six Freeman years. in the Dodgers lineup. Huh. It just it's uh, So do I like him more than the Braves? Yeah, if, the, if, if Freddie Freeman goes to the Dodgers, yeah, the Braves don't look as good now. I know, I know, uh, I know. Freddie gets off to somewhat slow starts, but man, what he does in the middle of that order and and just presence he brings, and he, he is the face of that franchise. And and when you lose the face of your franchise, how, how do you come back from that? I, I know he's getting towards the end, and he's he's thirty one, I think. And you know, you're arguing over a one year, but you want to keep what do you want to keep him till he's thirty six? You want to keep him till he's thirty seven? That's the big question here. You're thinking really about the last two or three years of that five or six year deal. He ain't gonna look like Freddie Freeman of today. But what if there's a DH in, in the National League? That that would change everything. That would change everything for the Dodgers. Okay, we'll give us a DH. I give him another year. And the Dodgers always have one more dollar than everybody else. Braves want to say, okay, we'll give you six year at two hundred. All right, I'll give you six year at two hundred and one dollar. They'll always have one more dollar than everybody else. So that's. Uh, yeah, and and I think the Braves have earned it now that they want to. You know, they they oops and fell on a World Series. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of things had to go right for them to win that. A lot of things in their division. A lot of some people in that division punted, were giving away players, and that's sort of how they fell into where they fell into. Does that give them a little window to back off of Freddie Freeman and reboot? I don't know. Let me ask you this about the American League East: the Yankees have done nothing. The Red Sox. The Red Sox have kind of been a little bit like the Blue Jays used to. They seem to be in on a lot of people without going all the way in. I mean, the Orioles are, the, I mean, the Orioles are the Orioles, and, and and Tampa Bay is doing Tampa Bay type stuff. Are you surprised that? And and do you read anything into? Do you read anything at all into the fact the Yankees have been really quiet this winter? Do you think that there's? Do you think there's no way they would? There's no way they would go after Carlos Correa. I think, he's, I think he's right-handed, and I think they're like the Blue Jays. I, he, for me, they scream Freddie Freeman. If Freddie Freeman's on the market and the Braves don't want to take a run at him and you want to outspend the Dodgers to get Freddie Freeman, he would be a perfect to, – to mix up the two big giant righties, put mm. Freddie Freeman in the middle of that. Freddie Freeman's a guy who can use the entire field. He can pull when he has to pull in that park. It gives them balance. You can move people around, put people in positions that they're supposed to be in. 
and they're not playing out of position. That's what went wrong with the Yankees. And the Yankees are very right-handed, and some of their right-handed hitters aren't real good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled by their inactivity. The the two teams that really surprise me. Think they they'd have spent three hundred twenty-five million dollars on, on Corey Seager? I don't. Now the two teams that really surprise me are the Yankees and the Phillies. I, I I don't know what's going on with the Phillies. The Yankees, I I guess. The the, the Yankees have some. They've got to make some pretty tough calls. Right? They've got to make a call on Glaber Torres, and then I think they have now, but they, that's something they have to think about. They have to think about Gary Sanchez, and we have the tender. The, when is the, ten, the tender deadline coming up as well for give, offering guys contract? But they've got to think of Gary Sanchez. I know you're shaking your head, but they, they, it's they still there. Think about it? Well, no, but I mean, they still have him. And, and, and then, of course, there's you got to sit down with Aaron Judge at some point and hash out a sure. monster contract for your, the most popular player on the biggest team in the biggest market. I wonder, I look at where the Yankees are, and I wonder if that right now they're just, it's almost paralysis by analysis, that they don't know, they don't know where they can go. You think right now today, you ask Brian Cashman, to push him in a corner and ask him, tell me the truth. You think you're better today than the Blue Jays? Sorry, non-tender deadlines, 8 o'clock tonight. Thank you, Lance. You think you're better than the Rays today? Maybe that's what they're thinking. Maybe they've, they've taken a serious look in the mirror and said, what we have is not working. Does Corey Seager move the needle that much, or does that put us in a giant financial hole with the CBA looming that we really don't know how that's going to affect us even more? What if that goes to $180 million? What Yeah, if they, and the other thing that would uh, – Yeah. That, that gives me – would give me pause to really to think here as well is the fact that uh, that uh, Steinbrenner, Hal Steinbrenner, who's now the now running the team, he is he's one of the owners who sits on the on the owners negotiating committee. Or I should say he's one of the owners in the executive committee. So I look as our friend David Sampson would tell us, n- everything that's going on has to be viewed through the lens of what players and teams think the new world is going to look like once the new CBA is in place. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm wondering if maybe the, the Yankees... No more than we know? Yeah, I don't know what it means. I don't, know if, I don't know if it means the Yankees... I don't know if it means the Yankees think things are going to be fine, and once we come out on the other side of the lockout, they'll be able to, to, you know, to, to, to make a splash. Or I don't know if it means the Yankees think, God, this is going to be going to be really tough going and we better just we better hold our you know if the if if, if the luxury taxes drops down dramatically we we better kind of hold like on to Trevor's story our, for the Yankees would make sense our, hold our powder right athletic now. can play shortstop exactly what they need he would make sense not going to cost them a ton of money yeah not going to start with a two it's just odd that, get him. it's just odd that with all the the players that have been out there this year the shortstops, you know, the one we know that the Yankees have kind of checked in on, according to John Heyman and other people's and Andrelton Simmons. Defensive first guy, uh, uh, that's that's sort of what you need. It's not going to cost you a ton of money. I, I, again, I, I think for me anyway, what they need is balance in their lineup. Mm. And do they think that Corey Seager, at, at $325 million, who quite frankly, a lot of the time is not playing, so when he's not playing, then what do you go? Let's do you keep go in mind to? too. Let, let's keep in mind that they also, I mean, they're paying they pay, they're paying Garrett Cole. They, they they've got a lot of big contracts on that team. They got 
Stanton. They've got Cole. Talked about Judge at some point. They're going to have to make a move on. The Red Sox are just, you know, the Red Sox are kind of, the Red Sox aren't like the Rays, but the Red Sox also in their own way kind of have a way of figuring stuff out. You know, they do. You look at the, the, the Red Sox, their postseason appearances in recent years. On a couple of occasions, they've done it with teams that nobody thought was going to go would, would go to the postseason. Mm-hmm. The Red Sox have a way of figuring that out. So when so when when I see the Red Sox not being overly active in in the market, I kind of I just kind of step back and go, okay, that's. I think there's an mo with the Red Sox now, as much as there's an mo with the Tampa Bay Rays, and as much as there's an mo with with the Blue Jays. The Yankees really that really puzzles me. That really puzzles me. Yeah, and to uh, Anthony Volpe is their is their big shortstop yes. prospect coming up for the Yankees. I I think that's the guy they're sort of waiting on too. That's why you're hearing the Simmons talk. And they've got another guy, Os- Oswald Peraza, as well. They've well, got two really good shortstop prospects. Yeah, but but Volpe is the. It's, it's odd that you would wait on a guy that you really don't know if he's going to be any good at, and it might take time. And he's your shortstop. I like that's. It just doesn't seem like the Yankees' way. Yeah. So maybe well, they know a little bit more about the CBA than we know. You know, we, <laughs> we, we, we do talk about the Yankees way when the Yankees are good. The Yankees, they have a homegrown core. They do. Yeah. They go out and spend money, but the, the foundation of good Yankees teams, it was Jeter, Posada, Williams, uh, guys like that, Pettit. That, that, that was the core of, of, of a good Yankees team. Boy, that core would look better with, with well, Stanton and Judge yeah, they and they Freddie had, Freeman mixed in between. Listen, I, uh, listen I know that for, from talking to Brian Cashman, they thought they had their core. They thought Glaber Torres and Gary Sanchez and Aaron Judge, they thought that was their core going forward. That was the new core four or core three or whatever you wanted to call it. And it hasn't worked out. It hasn't worked out. Yeah, two of the three, though, that, that seems to me like a little bit of an excuse. The, the Gary Sanchez, he hasn't been good for a while. No, and I, and I think we're on the same page. I think they screwed up Glaber Torres. I, that, that, to me, is a, is a complete – that's a complete – failure of the organization I, i'm on the flip side of that a lot of the times you got to put that on the player for me the the player has got to make adjustments it's yankee stadium it's you got to you got to play give, short give the dude a position he's your best Sometimes he's, he's your best prospect is he he was at one point give him a position stick with him that's why i don't want to see the jays start dicking around with bo bichette i want to leave him at shortstop Sean Estes is the San Francisco Giants TV analyst, former major leaguer. He is going to give us a lot of insight on Kevin Gossman. Danny Jansen, Blue Jays catcher, joins us as well. Hour two of Blair and Barker's just around the corner on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.